Let's talk about body hounds. Welcome to this, another 0.5 episode of the Different Times podcast. I'm your host, I'm Paul Waller. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, You've seen what the title is of this episode already because you've clicked on it. It is I having a chat with Joseph Thorpe uh, from Body Hound, uh, a band based in Sheffield. Actually, let's just go back a sec. Should we keep doing these 0.5 episodes I mean, they're just episodes, right? We'd be like at episode 60 or 80 or something by now if we weren't doing all these 0.5 episodes and just putting them out in the middle of the week sort of thing. We were just recording them as normal episodes. We'd be well high. We'd get to 100 well fast. Let's just scrap that idea. I'm sorry to bring it up and it won't happen again. Just thinking on the fly when I do that, it's never, ever good doesn't work out so here we are body hound interview i'm speaking of joseph thorpe uh, this band consists of calvin rhodes he's on guitar he's the one with very little hair uh, when you watch them live then you've got on the drums with a lot of hair you've got ryan bright and then on guitar you've got joseph nicholson otherwise known as joe he's on guitar uh, you'll know him because he's got that cheeky smile, that cheeky little smile. And then you've got on bass, you've got that lanky bendy fella, Joseph Thorpe, who I'm talking to today. He is also known as Joe, but he let me choose and I went for Joseph. Nothing to do with religion, mind you. Nothing to do with religion. Just just went for it. Uh, okay, so who's Body Hound? Is that what you're asking? Well, let me tell you. They mix sort of math rock and prog, but to be honest with you, I've been listening to a lot of Rush recently, and mainly they mix a lot of prog with a bit of math, so it's sort of opposite to the way that I originally saw them. I saw them for some reason as really heavily mathy, uh, but when I listen back, although that element is 100%, it's definitely there, but the prog elements are just, just washing all over the shop. At this point, Daniel would normally go, shut up, Paul, what are you talking about? It's more maffy. We'd have a little row, we'd have a little banter, there'd be smiles raised. You'd be thinking, I like these guys, I might tune in next week. But that's not happening. So, Daniel's not here. Very sad times indeed. The only person here with me is Mr. Puggles, who's just sort of falling asleep on my lap. So, Body Hound's first EP, it came out on Holy Raw Records. Of course it did. Love Holy Raw Records, as you all know. Um, yeah, that came out on Holy Raw Records on 2014, and it's called Rhombus Now. And it's something that, I don't know, it's just been with us, uh, and with me, should I say, for so long. It's just one of those albums that's just always there. If I want a little pick-me-up doing something around the house, I'll stick it on. I've not got to concentrate on lyrics or anything, because they're an instrumental band. And... Um, I'd find it far more engaging than like Explosions in the Sky or Mogwai. So, yeah, I, I just stick that on and I go about my day. So, 
all that said, you're thinking, hang on, that's 2014. What else have they done, Paul? What else have they done? They've done nothing, is my answer to that. They have been playing live lots and they have been recording lots, but there is no new material as of yet. I first got in touch with Joe, uh, Joseph Thorpe, I should say, because there's two of them. We mustn't forget that. I first met him online. I was speaking to Justine, who was new working for Holy Raw at the time, and was just trying to sort out a first batch of dates. So I asked employee to serve if they'd be up for it. Of course they were. I asked Bodyhound uh, if they were up for it on Justine's sort of recommendation, and of course they were. And I was a bit in awe because being a long-time Holy Raw fan, I knew that the two guys, the two Joes, came from one of my favourite bands at that time, which was Rolo Tomasi. So I wouldn't have ever thought of asking them just for that's reaching for the sky sort of thing. You've got to remember, this is bit back in 2014. Employed to Serve uh, had like a couple of EPs out and we had, I think, nothing out. Maybe nothing maybe maybe we had bloom out i don't know uh but yeah it was very very early on in all our careers and of course bodyhound only had this rhombus now ep out uh so organized that and I, whenever i would chat with a guy he'd always be in bed and i'm thinking well hang on this is free in the afternoon like the guy lived in bed and he would just send us pictures of him in bed it's just in bed the whole time i don't know why that was it's really strange he won me over with his charm. Uh, uh, he, he was just never serious about anything. I didn't know whether I was coming or going with him, uh, whether things were booked, whether they weren't booked. He was just, I don't know, aloof is the word I would use. Uh, definite character, but like I really, uh, that, just those conversations over Facebook Messenger really endeared me to him. So, yeah, so I booked those. So, the first show was in Margate, and uh, they couldn't do, Bodyhound couldn't do that show in Margate. So what we did, we did a roll the dice. So basically, we decided who would headline on the day. There was Employed to Serve, Ohms, Harrowed, and Cosmic Thoughts. Uh, we won the dice toss, or lost the die toss. I don't know what you would say. We ended up headlining. Um, it was a pretty good show, but the next one, when Bodyhound came... Uh, at the Firefly in Worcester, that was the show. So it's just sorting out this introduction. As soon as I saw that poster, it took me right back. So Bodyhound headlined that one, and they took to the stage, right? Picked up their instruments, floored everyone in the building. Like I didn't know what to expect at all. I was standing on a chair. Like, it's a really weird venue. When I say standing on a chair, it was an armchair like you'd find in a, someone's lounge. Uh, I was standing on like uh, the arm of that chair, just trying to get like a better view, just to like try and figure out what was going on. It was immense, it, completely and utterly insane. The musicianship I'm talking about here, yeah? it was just a, another level and something that I hadn't witnessed before. And I don't know if I'll ever have that feeling again, uh, like of being totally blown away as I say in the interview this guy is one of my introductions to like the more crazy mathy side of stuff it blew me away the next day we were at their home turf uh, we were at the lug hole in Sheffield and um, that that crowd was huge and it was just the 
the best time. It was really sad. I, we only played two shows with Body on that tour, and I felt just so, so sad that um, we, we had to go after two shows. And I, I remember chatting with Justine about all the plans uh, that Ohm's had with regards to like the tarot card business for for um, the full album that we were uh, sort of thinking about doing at that time. So there was it was just like a really, really exciting time. And to have Body Hound just, you know, almost friends, I would like to say. I'd love to say that. I don't know. But like felt like a real friendly vibe with the guys. It was just, it felt real. Didn't feel fake. It just felt like friends bonding together, loving music. Best times, the best times. So after that tour, uh, we end up playing with them at Arc Tangent. So oddly, what had happened is we were booked to play like the PX3 stage, one of the smaller stages uh, there, and Body Hound were on the main stage. And then the promoter called James, he really got into us. And when one of the bands pulled out on the main stage, we ended up taking their place. So crazily, <laughs> I still pinch myself now, we were invited to play the main stage above Body Hound. So basically, Body Hound get onto the stage uh, and just killed it. Like They killed it. They were awesome. And I remember them coming off stage and, and as they came off the stage, one of their entourage or one of their uh, guys hanging around them just went up to me and went, follow that. And I didn't like that attitude at all. I really was put off and it made me want to be even like even more intense during my performance it really really sort of egged us on and i remember like that being one of my favorite ever shows that we've played just because of that comment that really sort of got to me like just the arrogance and like when i later brought it up to the the body hound guys they had no idea that was going on they were so apologetic that someone would have said that to us and <laughs> and like I, do you know what i'm so glad someone did because it really sort of kicked me in the arse and just like completely focused me. So yeah, I guess swings and roundabouts. But anyway, like that was such a weird thing to happen. Didn't taint the way I felt about Body Hound. It just tainted the way I feel about human beings in general. It's like felt like such a weak thing to do, weak thing to say. But as I say, didn't stop me listening to Body Hound. There I am, week in, week out, every now and again, slipping on that EP. Years go by, not weeks, not months, years go by, still slipping it on the turntable. What's going on with the band? We meet up again at various points and I always say to him, guys, come on, what's going on? Again, the answer, smiles, laughs. Well, well, we're almost finished. It's almost done. And they're always blaming uh, Joseph Nicholson, always blaming him. Maybe he's just that much of a perfectionist. He can not like, let these things lie it needs to be perfect and if that's the way it's got to be then that's the way it's got to be it is a debut album after all you know you can't get these things wrong so so how would i describe a musically well i'm going to put a song on for you in a minute but if you like uh when rush for instance go particularly mental so that would be where body hounds are like picking up that mantle and moving it forward a little uh, yeah, they're big words, right? Big words. 
Uh, so they've got this new album approaching now. Uh, to be honest, I don't know if they're still on even Holy Raw. I didn't think to ask. I should have done that, really. Uh, but they do have an Indiegogo campaign running. So they're going to create, so I've been told, some rather splendid, uh, awesome-looking merch and artwork for the album itself. And that album is going to be called No Moon. That's all we know. Uh, he didn't even want to give any like little exclusive tidbits to me. Unbelievable. Me. Me, his friend, we go back. We go all the way back to 2014 Facebook messaging, you know. I don't know. Anyway, this interview is going to crack on after this song. So I'm going to play a song from their debut EP. Uh, it's called Vector Approaching. And when I put this on, doing whatever I need to do around the house uh, and just crank it up and, you know, and go forth and housework. That's me. Uh, this, this this album really has soundtracked my domestic life. <laughs> How weird is that? All right, this is uh, me, Paul Waller, speaking to Joseph Thorpe. Not Nicholson, Joseph Thorpe, the bass player from Body Hound. <laughs>
Joe. Can I call you Joe or is it Joseph? Oh, whichever you want. I'm really not too. Um, I'm not too picky. Cool. All right. Well, I, I like Joseph. It's posher. It, it. It's true. Yeah. I mean, like, um, definitely, it seems to be like. Um, sometimes I feel like people use it as like a as a tool of control as well, though. Like, if you really want me to do something, <laughs> it's that as opposed to the abbreviated version. I'm definitely keeping it at Joseph then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, okay. Well, straight away there, I'm thinking like p- parents controlling you and calling you Joseph. Joseph! Um, yeah. As a youth, right? That's, see, the, that, that's a beautiful transition there. As a youth, um, <laughs> you, you're hearing music for the first time. How are you hearing it and what are you hearing? What can you remember? Um, well, I think I, I know what the first thing that I ever heard and was like, oh, that's kind of for me. Cause I think before this point, um, I'd sort of decided that I wasn't interested in music and I actually didn't like it. And I know you said you didn't want to psychoanalyze me, but like, <laughs> I think it was because it made me feel things and that made me uncomfortable. Um, you know, so like as a as a child and hearing like certain songs, like um, uh, Chris Isaac's Wicked Game album, is just non-stop. It's an emotional roller coaster. Oh, it's a killer. <laughs> it's, it is a it's, killer. It's, it's amazing. It's like and the the waves of pure nostalgia that I get if I hear anything from that record. It's like it's yeah, it's powerful stuff. But um, so I think I kind of enjoyed that in secret as sort of like a seven year old. And then uh, <laughs> um, I guess the first time I heard something where I thought this is relevant to my interest as a greasy teenager uh, would have, must have been like um, Limp Bizkit, Take a Look Around, because they performed that on Top of the Pops, uh, featuring a hilarious moment where Fred Durst is he, everyone's getting on the stage and kind of dancing and he's like takes a break from rapping to kind of like with within the groove of the song he's like get off the stage oh damn it <laughs> so, i really yeah, want to see that now that's got to be on youtube it, yeah it's probably on youtube it's it's almost certainly on youtube and around a similar time um crazy town also on top of the pops doing uh, butterfly and like is that, is that just, the one that goes sugar? Yeah, it's, it's it's the one that samples. Um, well, the like the guitar and bass loop is from a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, but I just remember seeing that and thinking it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> I do remember that now. <laughs> and this was only last week, so you know it's kind of. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess like those things, and then I was really into like no effects and afi which i guess i sort of it was that must have been like a mixture of like older friends who liked who you know they they liked the punk music and like music channels which i didn't have any access to and we didn't have the internet in my house until i was quite old um but uh, ed the original drummer from rollo had like um sky so like we could go to his house and watch i don't know like Kerrang or um scuzz and p-rock and all of that business it's all about who you know 
Man, that yeah. that age, I, I was anyone that had that access, I would want to know them, and I would just be like, "Yeah, can we go and watch Space Ghost or something?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. I I can't remember. Like, what year must this must have all started happening around? Sort of like two thousand and two or three, I think. So like, yeah, definitely sort of like quite fresh out of primary school at that point. Mm. That's pretty and, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I know what a bunch of horrible little nerds. Well, um. did so you are into that sort of rocking music by that point. Did you yeah. think I I want to be doing? I want some of this. Like, pick up an instrument and and try it. Um. Yeah, pretty much. I think immediately I was like, this is so much more exciting than computer games, um, and uh, Warhammer. <laughs> well come on that's taking a leap <laughs> I know alright um, but yeah no I had um, well how I actually ended up playing the bass was um, I had a friend who um, so I went to a separate school from all of my friends and then I had another friend from primary school who again went to a separate school to everyone else and he was like yeah we should uh, let's form a band I was like alright then He's like, I think you should play bass because, you know, you, your dad's a bass player. You've got bass, a bass in the house. Um, and there's, I've met this amazing guitarist at my at my new school and he wants to play with us. And I was like, all right, then. So I started practicing and like trying to learn stuff. And then a couple of weeks later, I was like, um, should we get together with this this other guy? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, the, the guitarist that you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I made that up so that you'd play bass. <laughs> so I was just kind of stuck with it. Yeah, it's really, yeah. Oh, God, that bass was so cool as well. It was like a, like a, like a white uh, Fender Precision copy with a black scratch plate from the 70s that was sold to my dad as a Fender. And it weighed a ton. And I somehow convinced him to let me sell it later on i don't know i really wish i hadn't done that though it was great it's like uh, it looked like dd ramon's bass oh man i'll tell you I, yeah. I, I had a picture in my head that like uh, for instance you would have heard joe lally's like uh, waiting room intro <laughs> and just be like yep that's me but not at all oh, you were well, tricked it, yeah i know very much so yeah I, I think that came later after i'd already accepted my my situation um <laughs> you know i was like you know this, that's pretty cool i suppose uh but yeah. so yeah it was kind of a bit of a um uh uh there was some betrayal involved <laughs> isn't yeah. there always, isn't there <laughs> always? Yeah. well you mentioned rolo uh rolo tomasi and got to talk about it i don't know a lot <clears> about you and Rolo. So my introduction to you was the very first EP and the same thing, my introduction to Holy Raw. So you were hella young, right? You were a, a child. Yeah. yeah, I'd say, yeah, you know, there was definitely stuff that I couldn't legally do um, <laughs> when we started that band. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Um, right, oh man, if I was writing this up for a magazine, that's the quote. <laughs> right there, there yeah, put that on the front page, honestly, and then watch as the business crumbles. Uh, right, so Very good. I, I heard that, and it was I'd never heard any uh, sort of music like that before. It was yeah. my introduction to, to the whole sort of math element of playing, 
whether you would consider it math now, to me, I definitely, yeah. I definitely did. It was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> um, and yeah, so before Dillinger and that lot, that's that was my introduction. Oh wow! Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, it was it was hearing that for the first time, and I considered myself like bang into music. It was. It was yeah. sort of altering my oh, music can do this sort of thing, and I think that's that's what got me into to Holy Raw as a as a whole was just like oh, they're putting this out, and all, all my friends were were so DIY hardcore. It was like oh no, you don't want to be like like in Holy Raw stuff because they sell T-shirts as well <laughs> and sort of thing. So yeah, ultra DIY <laughs> madness. Right. Like, why yeah, would you want your insane. label to be able to release another record? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Come off it. What are you doing? But yeah, so I, I got into the swing of them just following you, following you, and you've obviously lived like a, a whole nother life with Rolo. Um, do you see it like that? Like it was a whole life ago? Oh well, I mean, certainly, like you know. So I guess we started the band that that would become that band. Uh, half my life ago I'm 30 now um so yeah I was about 15 as we were all around that age um and yeah you know it just feels like so much has happened since then that it's just it's almost just sort of a, a strange dream in a lot of ways um it is weird as well sort of like at times when you feel a bit listless and like you haven't sort of um achieved anything and people who know you will say, oh, yeah, but you've done this. And it's like, that's not really relevant now, though, is it? Because that was <laughs> that's quite a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird having all of that experience. And yet, because of the age that we were, it's, it's, it's almost not as tangible as it would be had we been a bit older. Yeah. I suppose because your appreciation of things changes as you as you mature, doesn't it? Oh, totally. I mean, everyone was a different person like 15 years ago, whether you're 30 now or 50 now sort of thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's always a lot of time. It just uh, it seems crazy to me. Um, you um, have then no longer in Rolo Tomasi. Um, and to yeah. me and to our group that sort of grew up with you guys... You two were the maths. Like, you two were the guys that injected that maths. <laughs> and we were like, right, right, what the hell's happening? And then all of a sudden, uh, we find out about Body Hand. Um, so I take it that wasn't the point, but it's weird how that happened. I, I, the, the Rolo Tomasi album that followed, um, it felt like you could definitely tell... Um, no offence to anyone involved here, but you could definitely tell that they'd gone on a different direction and you had it further explored where that was, but in a, in a whole new way. Am I am I right about this in any way? Um, kind of. Like, um, I mean, so the, the, the thing that you need to know is that um, Joe Nicholson is a really talented guy and he understands everything that he's doing. Like, and he wouldn't do something if he didn't quite sort of have his head around it. Um, whereas with me, <laughs> uh, <I've, laughs> uh, you see where this is going. Um, 
yeah, I've I'm coming at it from a, a, a different angle. Um is one way of putting it. Like I don't um I don't fully understand everything that I'm doing, which is definitely to sort of my own detriment because it's like I mean like especially with with anything as complex as what either of those bands does it's like there's rhythmical stuff happening that's just like well first of all I don't think rhythmical is a word um but also yeah it's just like it would help if I knew what I was doing a bit more but um so I, I mean definitely yeah Joe was the element of the sort of controlled chaos that that was present in Rolo um I, I felt that and like when I when I'd watched you guys playing that's what I felt I always saw you two as uh, I know you don't like to pop yourself in there as well but I just felt like because you were carrying that math uh, maths you know that that rhythm section and that oh, do you know I, I just remember standing in front of you at some gig somewhere I think it was Sheffield yeah. for some reason uh, I don't know why I would have been there but I was and uh, just watching you play I was um, you your body wouldn't even be it somehow be disconnected from itself i just was outstanding <laughs> watching you just like what is going on with this guy so yeah, yeah i was always I mean, intrigued yeah. by that and how you could still play while contorting that way it was weird do you want to watch me go to the shop um, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i don't know it was, i think it was just like we were a very um physically expressive band if wait are you talking about Rolo or are you talking about I, well I'm talking about well, now we're into we forget Rolo forget okay. him let's talk sure. about body hounds sure thing all right well yeah I mean even probably even less so in body hound I know what the fuck's going on like because <laughs> basically the the other three Calvin Joe and Ryan like they're just on a they're on a level that a lot of the they're like their level of understanding um is so high um and i guess that's how like some of what we do sounds i'm not saying nothing has ever sounded like this before but it definitely has its own kind of character and i don't hear that very often from like other bands um that we kind of get lumped uh, lumped in with um and like i'm not saying that's necessarily better or or worse it's more just like their understanding allows you to add sort of like some quite sort of niche flavoring <laughs> to well, the dish <laughs> i i i completely agree with what you're saying i feel like with as soon as i heard rhombus now like your first ep i i felt like you were playing for you guys and it was a not a big fuck you, so to speak, but a, a, like you didn't particularly care if anyone else was on your side. This is what you guys want to do, and you're documenting it as you go along. That's how that EP sounds to me. Yeah, I'm uh, sure the the production of it sounds similar as well. Like we had no money, and we had we were really lucky. We had a friend who um, helped us out recording that for like very cheap, um, and. Uh, Sorry, can we backtrack? What was the last thing you said? Uh, well, oh, just just the vibe of, of the of that release. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Experimental. Yeah. And you, uh, as I say, I just feel like it, you didn't care about what anyone else thought at all. <laughs> no, I yeah, I mean, definitely with those guys, this has always been about like 
they just want to do what they what they're doing um and it's just about creating something that i think they would want to listen to um and you know it's it's interesting you that you that you say like well the 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 exact phrase like that they don't care because they like they they do they want people to like it like you know i want people to like it it's just it's probably not all that realistic that you know what i mean it's there's yeah there's um it's it's uh you know what i'm trying to say yeah i don't well it's not ugly like sometimes like (laughs) you get people trying to be obtuse for the sake of being obtuse and it's yeah. not that it's that you're 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 playing for the songs but these are not your average songs in any way <laughs> no i mean yes they're much too long uh, for the most part. <laughs> um yeah i mean that it's uh, one thing i've always worried about it uh, a thing that i've always oh, fucking hell jesus sorry it's been a long day <laughs> a thing that i've always worried about with this music is um just how easy it would be to sort of like if you take a band like i don't know dream theater obviously all of those people know what they're doing but it's to me uh unlistenable trash in quite a bad way um (laughs) um, i mean you know they have their moments but good god um it's and um so i've i've always been very worried about like you know veering into that kind of territory because i think that's you know it's a, that's a real threat when you are you know trying to play every note that you can um <laughs> yeah it can so, happen, it can happen. Uh, yeah yeah so i think what's what's good about what we're doing now with this um with this new album is um it's the way it's been put together the way it's been composed the way it's been produced is actually quite pop it's like just kind of you know it's like production wise it's it's like a nice kind of clean like there's really good separation between all the instruments as if you know maybe some of the guitar lines were vocals or something um and like um the way that kind of joe joe spent a lot of time going through it and making sure that like every transition from section to section was like as good as it could be now come on Um, you're saying a lot of time you actually mean years (laughs) this was this was after the years as well this is like another six (laughs) months of fucking fiddling about like you know i mean I'm, i'm really glad he did it because had we recorded it a year ago or two two years ago it wouldn't have been what it is now um oh man i'm so excited I am as well. I just, uh, thank you. I like. I just want some fucking feedback about it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know that this thing that, like, at times we've all sort of like put our lives on hold for means something to somebody. Like, if there's just one nerd in like the fucking USA who's like, "Hey, you know, like this is kind of all right," then you know that'll be a, a small. A small uh, bit of um, respite from the <laughs> the mental anguish that this record has involved. Well, 
Okay, this this will mean nothing at this point because you could be listening to this in five years or something. But I get paid tomorrow, and I can um, <laughs> put the money down on the Indiegogo campaign to actually get my uh, vinyl advance order. Oh yeah. So, Indiegogo. What made you go there? Um, originally we were gonna do. Uh, oh God, what's the other big one called? Help me out. Um, oh, oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Though. We, everyone yeah. knows what you mean out there screaming. Yes. At, at uh, the, the, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, so we were going to go with that, and then um, other people we knew had also used Indiegogo. And um, like Ryan has been an absolute bloody god this whole time, and all of the boring shit that like I can't even begin to sort of like focus on for long enough to understand he's just gone through it all and he's like i've looked at this it's fine like we can do it if you know it's like if we're unsuccessful it's still going to be fine um so we're going to go with this and uh it was kind of the only option just because we'd approached a few different labels to be like we're going to do this thing but in a sort of unconventional way we need someone to help us finance it before we've done it um obviously everyone told us where to go um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was back to back to this um which i i think is fine um like we're roughly halfway there at the minute and we've still got another like um maybe like a third of the campaign left or something like the length of it we set it for too long for some reason um no well i'm glad you did because now i can afford to do it <laughs> yeah well yeah this is the thing we were like it's quite early in the year people are probably just recovering from the festive season still so it's uh, yeah i mean i, I don't mind it's <laughs> well i'll tell you one of my favorite things yeah. about it is the awkward video of you guys uh, trying to sell it when you get onto the that's, page that's been the best thing that's come of all of this <laughs> is it really captures some wonderful moments in that <laughs> and like i just complete inability to kind of function as a as a group of adult men um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, trying to sell something when you know that's not what you're actually about is hilarious yeah <laughs> i think really that's that's yeah you've you've encapu- uh, encapsulated that perfectly there it, that's exactly what it is it's like which <laughs> like you know there's definitely at least two of us i'm not going to mention who but we're sort of generally like quite chaotic and useless and but we can play in this band and it's like, right, so you need to do something to benefit the band. I, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we gave it a go. <laughs> you can see the results on the on the campaign page. Um, All right, well, you've called it yeah. No Moon. Yes. Why? Uh, that was the only one that we all agreed that we didn't hate. <laughs> so I'll give, us some, give us some of the ones that didn't make it. Oh fucking hell! Um, one of the tra- album tracks is what we were gonna call it. Um, I don't think. No, we haven't released it. We haven't released a track list yet, so I can't. 
type of <laughs> He's such an ass. <laughs> I know, I know. It's well, we've got to save something because I feel like we've sort of, you know, it's too late. Yeah, you've all you seen everything blow, already. Don't want to blow yeah. your wood. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, yeah. Um, it's. I think basically, uh, the other guys are. Uh, they're all into the sci-fi business and you know it's got kind of a loose sort of like cosmic theme uh and that sort of tied into it but in a kind of like it obviously for of an obvious reason it reminds me of uh, television marquee moon if you know that album. Oh, yeah yeah of course i know yeah it's great yeah yeah it's it's like a sort of similar kind of like doesn't really necessarily mean anything um, but there's some imagery there that you can. It's left open to your interpretation. Okay. Um, Why is it yeah. a double album? Why? <laughs> I've been screaming the same question every day uh, <laughs> because it's uh, it's really long. <laughs> there is no way that it can physically fit on a single twelve inch. Um, so yeah, we've we've had to go four sides. Right, it is. Um, it's to a fan, right? I, I'm very excited about it. I, when when I found out it was going to be a double LP, uh, that, that sort of thing nerds me right up. I get, I get really <laughs> really excited. It's like wow, because I found uh, the the first EP like yeah. quite quite a complex listen, but because it was so short. I found myself yeah. getting into it really quickly. I didn't have to set myself a particular time, like yeah. uh, get the Sunday papers in or whatever, and like sit down with it. Um, <sighs> you know, it was something that like very quickly I picked it up and I, I knew what was going on. Whereas this, I'm just just the thought of it is like, what the hell am I going to get in the post? Um, it's going to be heavy. <laughs> it's going to be a heavy package. But um, yeah, um, well. This is kind of what I was saying before, you know, this is something that I've worried about. It's like, you know, like, yeah, fair enough, we're doing exactly what we want to do. But also it's like, if you want people to like it, you kind of have to give them something to be able to grasp at. You know what I mean? It's like, there's a reason that classic songs are classic songs. Um, and there is none of that in our music <laughs> You know, like uh, I think if you if you're into like really wanky kind of proggy bollocks, um, this is the album for you. But if you're not, then I can't help you. I tell you something, and I don't know whether you are aware of this or not, being on stage when you play. But that last yeah. show that Ohms <clears throat> played with you in London um, was that um, it was at the Dome, wasn't it? No, yeah, Boston it was. Music Rooms. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and Boss Keloid played that that one. Yeah. Um, there were people uh, that I, I was noticing doing sort of like uh, shredding type fingers, like they were air guitaring, but like with specific <laughs> little bits. Uh, and it wasn't like uh, one isolated incident. There was quite a few like dotted around that didn't know each other. And like, <laughs> it I was mean, a really weird that's thing to see. probably a good reaction. I hope that those uh, single middle-aged men, presumably... <laughs> <laughs> Really had a good time with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's um, oh God, I don't know. Um, what was the joke? Oh yeah, yeah. So I think like 
it is it is it is really long. There is eight um eight actual tracks and uh, four kind of interludes because we wanted stuff to sort of break it up a little bit. Um, you know, sort of like cleanse the palate of your ears, if you will. Um, and wow. what I was saying before about Joe kind of going through and um, you know really putting a lot of time into changing everything and, and, and making it flow is we just wanted it to be uh, a, an engaging listen um, because you know it's you can definitely be very far away from that um, especially if you're kind of doing things um, anything like what we were doing so it's yeah it was important to try to like keep it cohesive especially because it's like double the length of a lot of albums What's the uh, all right? Give us one exclusive here. What's the time length of the whole thing? Um, I think it might actually be just shy of an hour, but we've made we've made a couple of edits recently that have made it ever so slightly longer. It was I swear before it was like fifty nine minutes or something like that, uh, and now it could be just over um i'm not sure but we've we've kind of figured it all out so that the track order will also ensure that like each side of the record will sound nice as well like there's not going to be any sort of bits where it's like getting towards the end of that side and it's starting to degrade like too horribly um so yeah it's <laughs> a lot of thoughts gone into it there's two albums that I'm really excited about yeah. this year, uh, and there's yours, uh, and then there's the Employed to Serve one, and I I don't know if it's oh, yeah. because I'm friends with people in, in those bands, uh, or, or sort of loose friends, shall we say? But you know, uh, we, I know people in the bands, and like it's exciting yeah. me for me to to hear where they're at, um, and that that's a weird thing that I just don't know whether it's. I, I love your, you guys so much because I know you. <laughs> I, I remember the very first time we booked any any show, it was with Body Hound. Um, yeah, well, we us did three like a... did some gigs, didn't we? Yeah. There was, was it Worcester, Sheffield, and another, or just, uh, I feel like there was more than that. There, were, there was three gigs. I don't think you guys, did, I think it was maybe four, but you didn't do Margate. I don't know. Did you? Do yeah, that? we didn't do Margate. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's quite out of the way that one. Um, but um, yeah, no, that so that was two thousand and fourteen, I think. Man, yeah, geez, Louise. Geez, Louise. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's right. not good, is it? Have right. you got any gigs coming up? Anything like that? Yeah, uh, we're doing um, a small run of dates with uh, Town Portal from Denmark. Um, they're putting an album out this year as well, um, and they're excellent. And so there's, uh, I think it's the 18th to the 20, 21st or the 22nd of April. So we're doing um, Leeds. Nottingham, London, and Brighton. Yeah. So it finishes at the uh, Bad Pond uh, all day. Oh, wicked. What day are you playing Bad Pond? Sunday. As a wee. Oh, well then. See you there. Oh, man. I'll see that you there. Works. But you won't have had the album out by then, will you? Or will you? 
<laughs> I'm not the person to ask. I just play the bass. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ho- hopefully, we've said April, and that's kind of what we're aiming at. Okay, um, man. So yeah, fingers Sorry. crossed. All right. Well, uh, Joseph, thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Okay, thanks so much for listening to the interview there with me and Joseph Thorpe from Body Hounds. You have been tuned in, tuned in to an episode of Different Times Podcast. It's a point fiver. I'm going to join back with Dan for a regular Saturday episode, I hope. Yeah, 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 it will be a regular one this coming Saturday. Uh, We're going to get some magazines. We're going to delve into those magazines. We're going to tell you what we like, what we don't like, um, what bands are featured, what we like about those bands, what we don't like about those bands. That's the sort of stuff that we do. We talk about new releases. We have a good time. We have a cuddle. We brush each other's teeth. We are the boys. We're the boys. All right. So just remember that. I'm a little bit drunk right now. Mr. Puggles is well gone asleep. Oh, tell you what, tell your friends about this podcast if you care. Do you care? Well, if you do, tell your friends. Also, tell your mum. Tell your bloody mum. Isaac's Wicked Game album is just non-stop. It's an emotional roller coaster.